0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Oklahoma Songwriters Podcast Where each week we find out just what makes our Oklahoma songwriters tick If you've ever been interested in the process of how songs get written Or if you're a songwriter looking for tips and inspiration Then you are in the right place I do one-on-one interviews with your favorite Oklahoma artists And dig into why and how they write their music I'm your host Jared Voluch and I'm very, very happy you're here Let's get started Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Oklahoma Songwriters Podcast, and today I am joined by Rachel Lynch.
1: Hi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How's it going today?
2: Oh, you know, pretty good. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs>
0: We've been hanging out a little bit, just getting to know each other a little bit better. Yeah. Mm.
2: He already knows the burps will happen and the snorts, so we're good to go.
0: Oh, Yeah. <laughs> That has preceded you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the,
0: that's kind of known. If someone knows anything about you, that's, uh, you Dude. know, it cracks me up. that That's like, that's not your thing. I no. mean, I know it's not your thing. <laughs> no. But it just cracks me up that those little personality things that you have about yourself that kind of make you unique. Yeah. Because you just, you're you in any given situation and it's become part of your actual persona Which at this is- point
2: hilarious like yeah. it, it happened during a show that me and ben brock had and you know i was laughing because all of our shows together are just so much fucking fun and this group of drunken texans came in they were like well that's fucking hilarious we're gonna drink every <laughs> time you snore we're gonna take a shot and then i started burping and they were like two shots and then they disappeared within 15 minutes but the oh, game yeah, out. the game has stayed and so that's so cool that's
1: beautiful I love it. yeah god <laughs> yeah it's a blast it.
0: Okay, so tell the people that don't know Rachel Lynch. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, <laughs> let's see. Now, I grew up a, a really big nerd. I was reading by the time that you know I could actually make it work in my brain. Mm. Read all the Harry Potter books, super young, loved them a lot. um But I grew up in El Reno, and my dad didn't like the schools out there because they had like a waste plant right next to the elementary school. So he was like, Nope, we're not going there. And he had land out in Hinton. So, you know, where like Red Rock Canyon is. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's why I know Hinton. Mm-hmm. I've headed out there before.
2: Yeah. So we went to Hinton schools for like seven years from fourth grade to ninth or 10th grade. And, uh, so we went out there for a really long time. You know, we were at, we would ride the bus from, uh, the school to the ranch whenever we got done with school. My dad was building a house out there on the ranch. And uh yeah, it was fun. It was very country school. I mean, our graduating class had maybe fifty kids in it. It's crazy.
1: Damn. Yeah. All right.
2: And then when parents got divorced, I went to Yukon High School, which had a graduating class of six hundred.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so
2: it was just a crazy difference. But I I was so excited about it. Just more people even with being a nerd when I was little, I was always super excited to talk to everyone. And so that was just awesome.
1: Good.
2: Yeah. So I grew up there. Um, I went to my first year of college at OU, broke both my elbows on my skateboard, cracked my tailbone on a unicycle because I had a dream that I could ride a unicycle and I got one. Turns out I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That was fun. So I, um, I ended up getting my associate's degree, uh, just general studies in uh, Redlands uh, in El Reno. And then went to UCO for my last two years of college, got my bachelor's in human resources. So that was uh, very different from what I'm doing now. (laughs) I mean. A little bit, you know. Uh,
0: It seems applicable.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I had a big kid job and it was just, it was at Paycom. If you've heard of that, place. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's actually yeah. where I met my drummer. Um, we both worked there, but I worked there for two years, and I was just not super happy with it. Like they pay well, but you work a lot. Yeah. And so I, I started playing music, and you know I'd get back from a show at two, three a.m., go to work, like wake up for work the next morning at six, seven, and so it just wasn't working I couldn't do both so I had to pick Mm. and I think I picked the right
0: one
1: it's way more fun
0: (laughs) it's definitely a lot more fun yeah I made the move last year and
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it's it's crazy
2: the best
0: yeah for all of you out there it's weird what you feel like when you wake up at like whatever time and then you just pet your dog and walk around the house in your underwear till you decide that you need to begin your day.
2: It's so, it's so weird, but it's also like the best.
0: Yeah. It's, I think it's probably how humans were really supposed to live. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be the nine to five, like
1: working to live.
0: yeah. Yeah. Working to live. But I've also thought about it too. It's like whenever I'm working, I'll work 12, 14, 15 hours. When I'm into yeah. something, I'll, I'll just go until mm-hmm. the project is done or, or whenever I, I burn out for a minute and then I'll take a break and come back. Yeah, The whole idea of the 40, 50 hour work week is something that it doesn't really need to exist. And they talk about it being healthy versus unhealthy. And it's like every successful person I know works like 80 hours a week on on their stuff yeah. on whatever they're passionate about. It's not a thing where you're you're ever turning your brain off. The idea that you're turning your brain off mm-hmm. like doing leaving your job at the door. Yeah. Is for I mean it's for like you and I like when we did the minimum wage or mm-hmm. not minimum wage but like having that day job. Yeah. The second I walked out of Tinker,
1: yeah. It was done. done.
0: It was done. And don't get me wrong, there is some beauty in the fact that you leave there and then it's like, you don't have to think about it. Everything.
2: Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. But at the same time, just doing what you love. Like I watched a lot of Letter Kenny a couple months ago, which if you've <laughs> I seen it. I haven't
0: gotten to see it yet, but amazing. it looks awesome.
2: But do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And it's, it's the cheesiest thing. And it's so true. Like I cannot imagine right now doing anything other than this.
0: Music no, I love is the hearing best. that. Yeah. That is good to hear.
1: Yeah i
0: love it um, it's beautiful
1: mm-hmm
0: oh wait how i just i gotta i gotta know this skateboarding broken elbows oh, story
2: yeah, so <laughs> oh man my poor
0: elbows i broke- they- i broke my wrist skateboarding once mm-hmm. but that was it
2: i broke i broke my wrist on a four wheeler um I was waving at my dog (laughs) in the window and my other hand was on the ignition and uh, flipped it. I ran
0: myself over on a three-wheeler.
2: Isn't that fun? Good stories. Good times. No. um, So I learned how to longboard, technically longboarding, um, my first year in college. And it was so much fun. You know, I first started by having someone just pull me around. Like I would hold onto their shoulder and I would just stand on it and go. And then I got, you know, better and better. So I thought... So my first accident, I, somebody wasn't paying attention. They had earbuds in, and I was trying to go around them, and I hit a crack. Well, I landed with my arms out, you know, outstretched like this and broke my left elbow, and then I uh, got a concussion. So I was bleeding, and it was just so bad. And so, Good to, God. I, I was so concussed <laughs> that I went to my class And I came in the door holding my elbow and just bleeding everywhere. And I was like, hey, I think I need to go to the doctor. And he said, what are you doing here? Get out. Go. (laughs) Yeah, okay. All right. And so, you know, I left to go to the doctor. And they actually, it was OU. And so they had, you know, the on-site student doctors. Mm. They gave me tab, which you're not supposed to mix with concussions. And I had a seizure. Really? And they had to take me to the hospital again that same day. It's awful. Wow. So I healed from that. Three months later, I was skateboarding around again, hit another crack, outstretched my arms again because no one teaches you how to fall when you learn how to longboard. And I broke my right elbow and fractured my Mm. left again. Yeah. So-
0: Good night.
2: Yeah, that was fun. My mom was like, all right, so I think we're done with OU. <laughs> like, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> also, I can't write now because I'm right-handed and this sucks.
0: <laughs> that's awful, man. It was, I, it was rough. I grew up skateboarding. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm born and raised mostly in Norman. And so I I used to, when we were kids, we'd go skate all through campus because I mean, that's where, where you right do over
2: it. over there, yeah. That's
0: where you do it. Yeah. So. But yeah, learning to fall. Nah, you're good. <laughs> it's what you're in a, you're just chilling out in the house.: Yeah, it's like beautiful. You
1: know, <laughs> it's the best.:
0: Yeah. But no, like uh, learning to fall was like the biggest deal that I didn't understand, because when you're a kid, yeah. you don't really you're fearless and so you kind of kind of
2: rubber too. Yeah, you know And Kids? so you learn
0: how you're supposed to fall on stuff and hmm because I, I had the same experience when I like went to try and snowboard. Yeah. Because oh, I, my God. first instinct, and it's weird because as an adult, I quit doing as much dangerous yep. shit. So like the <laughs> first time I fell, I threw my arms out and mm-hmm. I was like, and I felt the like I didn't feel anything bad, oh, but God. I felt what could have happened because.
2: You just hear yeah.
0: it. And I was like, ooh, yeah. we got to remember that. And mm-hmm. so I always like from that point on, I'm like to tuck my arms mm-hmm. or bring them in and all this stuff. God,
2: I tried to snowboard once. That was before I learned how to skateboard though. Oof. And so I was like, well, you know, surely it'll be fine. One and board's I gotta just be easier
0: than two sticks. <laughs> tumbled
2: down. Oh, so bad. Yeah. That was awful. Hit my tailbone there too. Mm. Broken a lot of bones, but I'm pretty even. Honestly, I broke both my middle fingers, one in a car door, one in a car window, both my, <laughs> I was young. I don't know if my mom liked me that much then because she did <laughs> I broke both my wrists, uh, My four wheeler, and then punching a guy in the head. Uh, And then both my elbows on the longboard, and then my tailbone. So super even. Yeah. Crazy. And probably some toes too, just because I'm super clumsy. You know, that always happens. But kind of nice.
0: Tough as nails. Jeez.
2: Yeah. Also clumsy. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's a whole thing. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's fun. Everything pops.
0: It, yeah, wow. Well, that happens regardless.
2: Oh, this can hear really intense things. Hold on. Can you hear that? Oh yeah. Those are my shoulders.
0: I'll make sure to amplify <laughs> it up so everybody understands.
1: Yeah, it's so gross.
0: Man. Uh, so after the broken bones, <laughs> when did you actually start playing music?
2: So let's see. I graduated college 2015. But I mean, I've been playing since I was little. So, guitar, I started learning. I had lessons. My mom got me them. Uh, I think I was 11 or 12. And then, singing, I came home singing the Pledge of Allegiance one day when I was about six or seven. My parents were like, What? Where did you learn that? I was like, I just heard it on the radio. I don't know. It sounded good. They were like, Oh, all right. And so, you know, they would have me sing for all the family members. And I uh, recorded a song to sing at my grandma's funeral. And, you know, so it started pretty young. And then the older I got when I started writing music, my friends, um, since I grew up in El Reno, I had I was part of the church band. Of course. And one of the guys was be. Oh yeah, of course. Classic. All, we've all been
1: it. <laughs>
2: <Right>? <laughs> Super classic. And one of the guys was older than me and uh, he played at all these bars and he would be like, "Hey, you know, I, I can get you in if you want to play a couple songs." I was like, "Sure." So I would start out, you know, playing a show, playing a couple songs and getting like 10, 15 bucks. And it just, you know, grew from there. So it, JJ's Alley, I think, is where I first started playing music.
1: Right.
2: <clears throat> Excuse me. And then I uh, made friends with Raina and KC, the Cobbs, and um, it just really escalated from there because I was like, I can actually like get paid a decent amount to play music? What? Yeah, this like is-
0: I can get a, what would equivalently be a paycheck. <laughs>
2: yeah, like, you know, in a couple hours, it's crazy. And so... At, you know, it just, it really just grew from there. Just all the bars, it escalated very quickly. Um, but I started doing this full time. as was my entire job two and a half years ago, right when I quit my, my big kid job is mm. what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's awesome how it's grown because that was, you know, a couple shows a week to like last week I had seven in a row a couple a day.
0: Yeah, you were talking about that how last week was super busy.
2: It was intense. And it's usually the summertime where that mm-hmm. happens cuz everyone's like, "Oh, you know, people are out, let's get some music in here." Right? And I don't schedule things well sometimes. <laughs> and so it just it just kind of grows into the two shows a day for like 5 days straight.
1: Oh yeah. So it's fun. Good. <laughs> Which
2: it really is fun because it's my favorite thing to do in the whole wide world. So, and I get to meet all these new people and see them and talk about different stories in my life. It's in their lives. It's so cool. I just love the community aspect of it. People are awesome.
0: So you would describe yourself as a people person.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, I I get that. Yeah.
2: Sometimes you gotta, it's hard. I had a boyfriend say this to me once. Um, he was like, Rachel, you know, you go out and you have these shows and you're so extroverted during them that when you come home, there's nothing of you left, you know, because you have to recharge. You oh, don't yeah. wanna talk all the time. You're just exhausted from doing all this. And that kinda hit home and I felt so bad. But I was like, that's, that's kinda who I am. And yeah, this is. Yeah. So I don't, you know, don't know what to do about it.
0: You just gotta find somebody you can go home and be silent with.
2: Yeah, which is exactly what I have now and it's there you so go. perfect. 'Cause I apologized to him for that and he goes, I love that about you. Shh sh- sh- shut the fuck up. Just go, <laughs> I was like,
0: just I go love talk so to much. everyone else. <laughs>
2: it's Come perfect. back to me. <laughs> <laughs> it works out really well. Ugh
0: That's what there you go. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Which is weird because most of us are so like Well, I mean, you know all these artists too. Yeah. Like everybody's usually like real clammed up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And especially when they're young. Oh yeah. They're super, super oh, God. introverted and then Cause that's what, that's what Abigail, we were talking about her a little mm-hmm. bit earlier. That's how she was.
2: Yeah. Is she, you know, that's
0: definitely how I was.
2: Yeah. Well, and I, I was at first, like I, I would love talking to people when I was little, but I would have to get to know them first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being a nerd when you're young, it's, it's kind of hard to, um, to talk to people and, you know, find your common interests and all that. And like, when I first started playing my shows, I would just play my songs and that was it. I would like almost puke. I was so nervous before them. And oh, now yeah. it's just like, you know, all right, let's set our shit up and start playing. Like, it's just so much fun. It, awesome. it really had to grow into that because it was, it was just such a, such a different thing than you're used to. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Well,
0: wait, uh, when did you, when did you start writing and like, why?
2: Oh, I was 15 and mad at my dad. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds about right. Um, and, you know, high school, you have a love, you know, what, that one that mm-hmm. you're destined to be with and you, it didn't work out. And so you're just so heartbroken that you just have to write something about it. And that's, of course, what I did. That was um, my very first EP. Uh, it I released it a couple of years ago because I, I didn't know that I could do anything with it until I got older and I finally recorded those songs. But yeah, I was 15 when I started writing and um, and it was just it was just little things. Cause I didn't, I didn't have anyone to teach me and I didn't ask. So that didn't help of course, but teach yeah. me how to write. And so I would just start by writing out my thoughts and, um, you know, it was just kind of a story. It didn't really have choruses. It didn't really have, I mean, it had a lot of verses, <laughs> you oh, know?
0: Yeah. yeah the it's, first one, especially. <laughs> oh yeah. I've got to say everything.
2: And so when I first started playing, um, out in front of people, my songs were so short and I just didn't understand what I was supposed to do. And then by growing and hearing all of these other people's music and their songs and how they write, um, it really escalated and evolved into something different. It's really cool.
0: That's funny. I started writing roughly around the same time. Mm -hmm. And I remember, uh, I mean, I had the benefit of playing, I played saxophone all through high school and into college.
2: I always
0: wanted to play that. And then, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, man. It was the first, um, there's something very, very spiritual about playing an instrument like a saxophone or mm-hmm. a trumpet or something like that, where you're, you're, only, your only path of, um, expression is through the sounds you're making with this instrument Crazy. and what you're doing. So it's like, at the time before I was actually really singing and before I was actually playing guitar and mm-hmm. writing music, that was my voice, and I was and at that time I was in yeah I was a teenager so mm-hmm. obviously I was in pain yeah <laughs> and so it was my everything and it was I'd use it to express myself and so like you learn to do these you 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 can be so expressive and finding a way to be able to do that it's like how you see these fantastic guitar players yeah. just put these freaking riffs and their melodies out there. And you're just like, God, that grabs my soul. It's so inspiring. Oh, it's branching. yeah, it's so good. Oh. Um, and that's just, it's because that's what they're doing. They're singing to you through that instrument. They're speaking to you through that instrument. And to that's, be able to do that is like.
2: It makes me so happy.
0: It just oh. It's insanity.
2: Yeah. And there's so many times that I am on stage and I, you know, I'm in the middle of a song and I just look down at my hands and I'm like, Jesus, I do this for a living. Like, I just play, I use my fingers, I sing, and that's it. And it just makes my soul so happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's beautiful.
0: It's the, yeah.
2: It's really funny how just, so I think it was Isaac was talking to me last week. Isaac McClung. Mm. Oh, yeah. He's We're amazing. Gonna, if yeah, you got to get it. it. Yeah.
0: Isaac, I'm going to get you, man. Yeah. I, get you on here.
2: <laughs> I love him. And he was talking about, um, I think it was him. And he was talking about how, he had just sang this whole song and he was just thinking in his head the whole time. And before he knew it, the song was over. I was like, dude, I've been there so many times.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: It's crazy. Just, it passes so quickly and it's just like a autopilot. You don't realize what you're doing.
0: But oh yeah. But just- that's a, that's a beautiful part. Yeah. Because whenever you're, when you've sang and played through songs of your own, especially enough, it becomes an out of body experience all of a sudden where you're monitoring and you're adjusting and you're doing whatever you want to do mm-hmm. and just making it that much stronger because I'm not thinking about the next word that's necessarily coming up all the time. Yeah. You know, once I, once it's fully finished and you can really just do those little things that take songs to the next level. Mm-hmm. It's like that voice break there, this, you know, extra crescendo of
2: yeah, like volume this, here. This little hammer on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
0: little thing. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It makes it sound. It's just, and nobody's aware of that.
1: Sure. Like or the
0: audience, but they're not, they're aware are. of it. They're aware of it, but they don't know they're aware of it. Mm-hmm. They just like it a little more and they're not sure why.
2: Yeah. It's so cool. God, being a musician.
0: It's a goofy deal.
2: <gasps> what a treasure.
0: <laughs> it is. It's, uh, man, it's one of the weirdest art forms mm-hmm. to me because like a painter, they paint their piece. Mm-hmm. And then they put it out for sale or they don't or, the, or you know, whatever, they give it away yeah. and people admire it. That painter doesn't have to repaint that same painting night after night to prove that they can paint that painting. Yeah. <laughs> the musician has to sing that same song, play that same so solo many times. every night,
1: Ugh.
0: reproving but that they, they can do it. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the only things where you have to do that. It cracks me up.
2: It's crazy. It's It's just so intense. And some people... You know, they're like, oh, Rachel, you have such an easy life. You know, you play your, you play your shows and you have a couple days off and, you know, you don't have to wake up until noon. I'm like, yeah, but I'm also constantly working. Exactly. Whether it's on the new album or merch, you know, I got two button makers and so I've been making buttons like a champ (laughs) and, you know, there's always something to do. Like, yeah, yeah, I can take a break and go hang out with my cats or, you know, play a video game. Um, but there's always something to do.
0: There's a, yeah. There's all, every musician that is working, especially doing it full time. There is always some kind of anxiety uh-huh. in their mind and in their, on their chest at any moment of the day, because there's still something that they know they need to be doing that they haven't done yet. Yeah. Or there's progress to be made because you, you, you are your own brand. You're your own company. Mm-hmm. You're the reason you succeed or fail. It's not people see you playing on stage and then you walk off and they think you're done. Right. And I'm like, dude, even when I'm hanging out afterwards, mm-hmm. it's because it's part of the job mm-hmm. to, and it's not like I'm playing a character. Sure. But, but part of the job is sharing yourself with yeah. your, with your fans and your friends and the people that are there to see you. Yeah. Part of that job and create, keeping the dream alive. hmm is by living it.
1: Yeah. And, and even, so
0: that's all part of it.
2: Even on your breaks, you know, that's exactly what you're doing. Going mm-hmm. out and talking to people. Like you don't you don't get a break and just sit there. Well, sometimes I do, but you don't yeah,
0: just sit you there run, by you yourself
2: and like you know, it yeah, always work.
0: Yeah. And Whenever I have the band, sometimes I will let they'll be like, you guys go visit with your people. <laughs> I'm gonna go outside and breathe.
2: Just take a breath. Ugh. Yeah. It's, it's important to take that little bit of time for yourself sometimes.
0: And I feel like you really have to. Yeah. Because it's, it really is. Like you're working 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. I'm always thinking of new material. I'm thinking yeah. of new stuff. I'm,
2: Even when you dream, like mm-hmm. I've, I've written a lot of my songs about my dreams. I used really? to have this one dream. Uh, I wrote a song about it. It's called Dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, yep. I know. Um, I used to have this one dream. I was single and I, I would always have this dream of my soulmate, And every time I dreamt about him, his face would change. And, you know, so it wasn't actually any help. And I finally wrote this song. Um, and it just, it got it all out of me. I stopped having the dream and then I met Chris and it's just, it's really cool how dreams can become something, you know, physical basically. Um, you know, you write that song about it and yeah. I
0: wish I ever had it I'd never have a dream that's worth writing about really? or else I'd have a song that was called like the night I was Batman with a samurai sword. Like, I mean, it wouldn't, yes. it would be absolutely nonsense.
1: Oh man. Yep. I did
0: defeat the Joker in that dream in the middle of a God. restaurant with it, a fork. I yeah. had a fork.
2: How fucking badass is yeah, that?
0: It was pretty It could become epic. a song. It was epic. And then I flew away like Superman.
2: <laughs> Batman wishes.
0: He does. <laughs> so bad.
2: I love that. Man, yeah. I love I've had a lot of dreams. Since I stopped smoking pot, which was a couple of years ago, um, my dreams have just gotten more and oh, more they insane. Do. Yeah,
0: That was something that I noticed. Uh I quit smoking. Well, I mean, I, I've been sober for a long time. But yeah. like I when I quit smoking weed and doing all that stuff, like I started having the most insanely vivid dreams. <sighs> and I think it was after I stopped that I had the Batman dream.
1: So mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and uh, so I was so like, dude, these are so much more crazy. And I was like, yeah. I would,
0: at when I was first getting clean and stuff, I was, I would just desperately sleep because I was like, I, I it's the best movie. It's going to be so cool. Yeah. Like this is the only thing <laughs> worth being sober oh, for right now.
1: Yeah.
2: It's, it's intense and it's really cool how all those, sometimes it's cool about how all your underlying like feelings and emotions can really, uh, creep into them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember reading articles about that, yeah. uh, about pot inhibiting your dream state mm-hmm. because it doesn't fully allow you to immerse or something. Yeah. I can't remember.
2: Yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. And that's just like how you don't usually dream when you, um, mm-hmm. when you drink.
0: You know, yeah, it's the same you thing. You don't quite out. ever get to the cycle, the dream cycle yeah, or whatever it is.
2: Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dreams are crazy.
0: Dreams, yeah.
2: I wrote this one. Uh, it's called Haunt my best friend when I was little, cause I, I had written this a uh, while ago and my best friend when I was 15 ish, right when I started writing music, um, he was my cousin and we had talked like every day on the phone for three years. And, uh, he tried to kill himself, um, by walking on the freeway in, in Tulsa, which I don't like going to Tulsa now because of it. Mm. And, uh, he, he did not succeed, but he was severely like, brain damaged. And, um, So I wrote this song Haunt because I kept having dreams about it. Um, And so, you know, partially about him and then partially about the dreams I was having. And so it just, it all melds together. All the things in your life just kind of into that song. It's crazy. It's kind of beautiful. Kind of sad, but. Well, of course. Yeah. But it's real neat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. It's the amount of, I don't know, nobody gets out clean. Is how I kind of describe it. Like everybody I meet, the more people I meet, even the people that I meet that I think are like, oh, you're a squeaky clean, straight edge college kid or whatever. Like everybody's got their thing, that thing that's these defining moments in their lives. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's just like, shit, we can't, nobody gets out of it. Mm -hmm. You don't get to get away from pain. You don't get to get away from suffering in whatever form that is. And that's, I mean, that's actually one of the, one of the philosophies in like Buddhism and stuff is like, Life is to live is to suffer. Yeah, everyone. So
2: everyone goes through something, whether it's you know insanely intense mm-hmm. or you know not as much, but still, it, it all hurts just the same.
0: Yeah, I think I talked about that with Derek because he was talking about how uh, we were talking about going being overseas and all this thing and mm-hmm. the things you get to deal with and then coming home and then some people have some veterans have this concept of like you don't know what pain is. They have this chip on their shoulder, you know, and in reality, if you've ever been afraid, like when you were six years old and a dog lunges for you, Mm -hmm. you were afraid for your life in that moment. Just the same as I was afraid for my life when I saw bullets flying, you know, coming by me or whatever, hearing them. And so it's like, it's all relative, man. Yeah. That you had the exact same amount of adrenaline pumped through you. When you were a kid, as you did then, it's like, so the college kid or the that they had a weird, wild, drunken night and they almost died, yeah, because of a car crash or something like.
1: All equals. They've
0: exp. Yeah, all equals out in the spectrum of what it's done to you.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, You just have this. People just have different perspectives on it.
1: Yeah.
2: Perspective is everything.
0: Yeah. So weird.
2: Yeah. Big part of
1: life.
0: Yeah. Um, So you started writing. Young,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, what is it? So, in so I guess this is kind of redundant, but like songwriting to you is a stress relief. It it gets out your anxiety.
2: Yeah. So anytime, which I had anxiety really bad um, a couple of years ago. It was it was 2015 ish. Um, I had it so bad. I had a traumatic experience in my life, and I had anxiety for about six months straight, like mm. every minute of the day it felt like. And I got so sick from that anxiety that I would puke every single day for six months. I lost so much weight. I was fucking <laughs> bones, man. And, uh, it, writing helped me get through it. I, you know, saw a therapist and which of course that talking through it all helped so much tremendously.
1: Yeah.
2: And so writing it, once I learned how to deal with my anxiety a little better, you know, to where I wasn't getting sick all the time, um, it really, it it was another way to process it. And so anytime I'm feeling intense inside, like just overwhelmed, just sit down. And honestly, I, when I write, I try to journal a little bit.
0: Yeah. I was about to say,
2: yeah. It, so it, um, just writing down how you feel in your head, like putting it in kind of a storyline I have gotten some really good lines from that. Like um, the song that I sent you, the Hard to Breathe, uh, one of that was one of the lines, the very first one is from my journal. And I was just like, oh, I like that. All right, so I grabbed my guitar, got that out, started plucking away at it and it just became a song. And honestly, like once I, once I get that all out of my head, it doesn't, it just doesn't bother me as badly. So yeah. like uh, my grandma, she died, um, dementia was just super intense and, uh, I was so scared for months that I was, that that was going to be me someday. Right. And, uh, so I wrote a song about it and, you know, instead of crying all the time and being worried about that, it really helped me just try to come to terms with it. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, you never know how you're going to die. And so it, it, yeah, yeah. it helped so much. And so that's, it's really just one of the ways for me to get all my emotions out.
0: I have a similar kind of, my, uh, when I came home in 2009 from Iraq, I, uh, I went to go visit my grandmother cause I knew she was, she was getting older and she was every day a little bit, you know, worse for the wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had ataxia, which is a form of, um, what is it muscular dystrophy is when that when your your muscles yeah. eventually they just they stop yeah working and you Ugh. you lose physical control of your body
2: Is that like the Stephen Hawking?
0: Yes, I think it is.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and but over and she'd had it for a long time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh but she it started when she was 26 or something. Holy shit. And at first it was nothing. You know, she when she was 26 my mom said she like or maybe she told me herself. She was like, I just fainted. Oh wow. And I, I, I like I lost control of my legs and I just fainted. And so, that yeah. that was all it was. Yeah. And uh but over the years it just got progressively a little bit worse, a little bit worse. And she was a musician. She played piano and she was a singer and she taught at OU for a short time.
2: And that's crazy and because so those it was, muscles.
0: Mm hmm. And uh and I mean it does the same thing with the, the strength in your voice. It, mm-hmm. You you begin to wobble.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and so she eventually got to a point where she could no longer teach, and uh, she wound up taking control of the church music. Um, and it was something that always stayed in the back of my mind growing up. I was always like, if my knee gave out for a second, right. I was like, what's happening? Yeah, you know, I I, I had such That's a fear. Terrifying. Yeah, because even. Even like I'm very careful with my hands yeah. as a musician. You you're Same. always kind of you're always constantly thinking about stuff like that, uh, and so like anytime and, and I've done all, so so many manual labor jobs. I was, I've been a mechanic as far as my my professional life. Which, I'm a mechanic.
2: That's terrifying. And so yeah,
0: yeah I would I, people would laugh at me, but I was always the dude with gloves on. Mm-hmm. I was always the dude like ah,
2: <laughs> gotta be careful. You Gotta be
0: careful. Yeah. You know, and I so I was always super careful, but... uh
2: and I love animals so much, but anytime I'm around anything that has teeth, I'm like, all right, I'm going to keep mm-hmm. my fingers away.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Me yeah. and Benjamin, we used to line up at the end of the hallway at each other when he was a young pup, and we used to, like, sprint at each other.
2: Oh, my
1: God.
0: <laughs> I bet that was so cute. It was the most fun thing ever. Uh We used to do it, and he would just jump into my chest, and oh. then... And I would just kind of catch him, and we'd go to the ground and wrestle around and play. I
2: love that.
0: And then uh, the last time that we did it, (laughs) he had reached his full adult size, and he was at the end of the hallway. And I remember just uh, because it was just a deal where I just I pat the carpet, yeah, and then I'd stand up, and he would just and we would take off (laughs) towards each other. And this last time we did it, he speared me.
1: Oh God! In
0: the chest, so hard. That he actually took me down because he just, we, I had built his confidence up yeah. over all, like the last two years of his life, I'd built his confidence up in himself to, he was like, I can give my everything in this. Yeah. And he gave me every, every <laughs> pound that he had on him, he threw it as hard as he could. And he just took me out.
1: He's such a big baby. Oh, yeah. oh my God.
0: I landed on my back and I was like, well, this is the last time <laughs> we are ever doing this. Cause you just took your dad out. I
1: learned that fucking lesson. I did. Oh God. I that's did. So funny.
0: It used to be my favorite game to play with a man. <laughs> Not anymore. Cause I could just catch him and take him down. I was like, mm-hmm. that's no big deal.
2: Wrestling. Oh man. My cat, I have a tattoo of her. Her name's moonshine and she's kind of a <laughs> a bigger girl and nah, so full figure yeah anytime she steps on me I'm like Moonshine you got such strong paws
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> not the same as a full grown dog but still hilarious <laughs> uh, and yeah. when I when I got my nose pierced um, I had my septum pierced and she, she was so cute and she came up to me and she was like oh you know what's new with your nose and then she head butted me straight mm. in it and just tears rolled down Oh, I was just trying to babies. rev on you. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to give you a hug, a cat hug. No, that didn't go well. Oh, sweet babies. Mm-hmm. Love animals.
0: They are the best, man. Mm-hmm. So much better than people.
2: Fuck yeah. Preach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, oh yeah. What is, um, so I, I read a little bit about this when you sent me your, uh, the answers to some of these. Um but what is your kind of music writing process? I know that you, you were saying you kind of come up with your words first Yeah. and you do that basically on journaling. So how does like a full song kind of work its way out of you?
2: So it's usually, you know, start with journaling or I'm just like thinking about things over in my head, whatever situation is going on then, or whatever I feel, you know, feel like writing about. very rarely do the chords come first. Sometimes they do, you know, if I'm just playing around with a guitar and I'm like, ooh, I like that, that sounds nice. And I'll start from there, but usually it's the words. And so I'll just think about it in my head and usually in the car, cause you know, I drive a lot as a musician. So usually in the car, I'll be like, all right. You know, those words have been stuck in my head for a bit. And so I'll just kind of sing them for a little bit, try all these different melodies and what I feel like works with it. And so, I mean, that's, that's usually how that comes along. And then once I get home, I'll sit down and I'll always have to be alone. I, okay, I am yeah. so self-conscious of writing in front of people. I very rarely do it. And, um, because when I, when I'm trying to write and sometimes I have to record myself cause I have a terrible memory I'll just forget what immediately what I sang.
0: Yeah. I resonate hard with that <sighs> memory. It's
2: so bad. And, um. So I'll, I'll sit there and I'll have the lines that I already know I want written down and I'll have my chords going, but I'll just sing shit that pops out of my head. So, you know, I'm writing a song about about my heart and I'll rhyme it with fucking farts, you know? Well, yeah, because you get
0: frustrated <laughs> or whatever.
2: Yeah, and so you just, I just sit there and I'll sing the exact same line and then a different line every time for like sometimes 30 minutes straight. doesn't matter. And then finally, you know, I'll get to one that sounds like what I want. And then I'll forget it usually. And (laughs) so that's when I started recording myself. So I've got just like boo of all these recordings of me trying to write stuff.
0: Oh yeah. The Uh, phone is a savior in that department. I've got my last phone and I backed it up finally on the computer. It had like over a thousand recordings, some Mm -hmm. were, you know, 15 seconds, some were five, six, seven, eight minutes.
2: You know what's the worst is when you forget to name them. And so you're just trying to go through oh, find yeah. this one. yeah, just
0: sifting through the <laughs> utter abyss of shit that you have. Because yeah. you're like, I recorded that, and then I recorded the exact same thing five times.
2: Yep, <laughs> like, yep. It's like, but which one is the one that I wanted? Exactly. <laughs> Fuck. God, I yeah, it. it's it's great. And, I mean, it's just so hard to remember things for me. That's why I have a calendar, because otherwise... I would forget everything in my schedule. You know, I, I just write everything down, whether it's like, you know, a date with Chris or I'm going to meet Leah for lunch or Allie for, you know, we're going to Six Flags or something. And otherwise I'll forget it. It's okay. so
0: bad. I have analog. I've got my calendar <laughs> yeah. sitting right there. Like yes. I, I actually have to physically write it down.
2: It's the way to go. It helps. But I mean, yeah, that's that's mostly my process for writing. And then once I get, God, once you write the chorus, it's just so much easier. <laughs>
0: Yeah. If you can get the chorus, get the hook, yep. then you're, then you're committed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's, there's anchor. There's, yeah. there's, then it's like, okay, this is, it has to get finished. Cause I really like this chorus.
2: Yeah. And there, it, I have to show you my journal later because it's, it's got so many half finished songs
0: mm, and yeah.
2: sometimes even like months, a year later, I'll go back and be like, oh, all right. There's the bridge. I'm done. And you know, that's my new song. Right. It's it's a weird process. It's kind of lengthy. Sometimes I'll like Ben, Ben Brock was talking the other day, how he finished two in one day, came home within two hours, got two songs written. Oh, and yeah. I was like, Oh, that is like, that is a sexual feeling right there. Yeah, that that would is give so you, nice.
0: Nothing can gratify you the same as what doing that will do for right. you. Good God.
2: It's so nice. Just finishing a I don't think I've song. ever finished two in a day. Oh no. Absolutely not.
0: Like, I've what had a champ. one. Yeah, I've had one song pour out. Mm-hmm. You know, every I don't know. Maybe actually, it's about a once a year thing. Yeah, where one will just like
2: slide pour. right out of you like a baby.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> like it's your tenth kid. Yeah, coming on out. <laughs> it's
2: like what was that show? Twenty three? No, I don't remember. <laughs> you know the the twenty three kids lady. Good God. Yeah, crazy.
0: I don't even. Yeah. Nope. That's. But it's- Frightening.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, it is. Kids are crazy. But I mean, all these songs are our babies in a oh, way. Oh yeah,
0: a it's, of, a, it's a piece of you every single time. It's, you know, um, if you're doing it right. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. It's, a, it's always a piece of you, um, yeah.
2: And it's, it, my writing style is so different than what it used to be. Because when I first started writing my songs, like I said, it was just like a tiny story and they were all so short. Like my my EP with five songs on it was like maybe 10 minutes. Maybe. <laughs> it was so short. And uh, my mom, she you know, I would always play them for her. You always play them for the family when you're, you know, that young. And uh, I would play them for her. She's like, Rachel, but where is this going? Like you need, think about it in your head. Think about it as a story. And like, you know, try and write it like that. And while I had my little stories, they weren't enough. It it didn't give like the full picture. And so the older I got, the more I would try and focus on that. And it just, I mean, it grew from there. It it only got better.
1: Thank
0: God. (laughs) Oh, and if you have the desire for it, it's going to come no matter what. Um, We're all progressing every single day anyways. Yeah. But like, I'll tell you one thing, my niece scares the crap out of me because she was writing like full, like 25 page books essentially at the age of like nine, 10 and 11. And I'm just like, she's so gifted with just uh, the, well, the concentration, the the inspiration to Mm -hmm. actually do that. And she wasn't writing like the pony went to the shed uh, or it was like, she was writing. She reminds me a lot of myself mentally. But I never, <laughs> but as far as the actual gift of writing of written word, I feel like she's just, she's blessed because she, but her stories were like, uh, Gina was walking down the alley late at night and like, and it's just, it would be this horror film of a story. Damn. And I was like, you are so beautiful and dark. You are the best thing in so the world. Jelly. Yeah, that's like that's beautiful. I was like, you are amazing. Uh, and so it was just cool that she, not only does she write and she writes music now, mm-hmm. um, but she, uh, yeah, just to watch that and some watch people just- grow
2: and expand. Yeah, and
0: watch it getting more and more polished all the time. Love that. Um, and she does the rock and roll camp every year. Mm-hmm, with uh,
2: Carter and them. Mm-hmm, she's that's done that awesome. in the
0: last, at least the last two years, maybe even now, yeah, but the last two rock camps she's been at those.
2: Which, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. I love that. And the, thank God that that's there.
2: It's always during summer and I'm always either mm-hmm. on vacation or something. And so I was,
0: I oh, want to yeah. do it one year. It's the, yeah. It's the busy time of the year. Yeah. I, I didn't get to even go to the show this year. I was yeah. pretty bummed about that. I was down, down in Texas doing a show or What a, gig. a
2: great experience for kids.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I wish I'd done it or had something like that when I was young.
2: Same. I always watched, oh, what was that Disney show? It's the one with the Jonas Brothers, uh, Camp Rock. Mm. Oh, and High School Musical was my (laughs) shit. (laughs) Oh, man. Me and my siblings watched High School Musical like, I swear, 40 times. Know every song. (laughs) Beautiful. Yeah, it's something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, you gotta have the cheesy stuff, man.
2: Oh, yeah. God, I love love musicals. My favorite.
0: (laughs) So, uh, what part of your... Do you have any writing, part of your writing process that feels kind of unique to you at all?
2: Not even a little bit. (laughs) Nope. Just besides the journaling part and the being weird and singing, you know, um, just things that would rhyme but don't have anything to do with the song. So if I'm writing a lyric like, um, oh, I'm getting hit. Then I'll just keep going and be like, oh, I'm taking a shit, you know, just, (laughs) just try and rhyme it with stupid stuff until the right thing comes out. But that's, that's it. I feel pretty normal, like pretty blasé with my writing style.
0: You know, even, even those of us that think that we write differently, we don't. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the coolest things about the podcast is. I thought when I started I was going to get all these different ways of writing and certainly there are different you know sure. you do everybody has a subtle you know I'm at 90 degrees and you're at 89 degrees and yeah. it's so on we're all just at our own spot but at the same time it's like you know oh yeah you 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 write when you're you think of words when you're driving down the road or whenever you're working on something you're it's in the shower it's popping up yeah you're singing yeah. to yourself like we're all the same because yeah. and it has to be kind of the same because we're always writing anyways, Yeah, like 24 hours a day. I'm it's on and
2: there's always, it's always there. rolling
0: because I know that it can, you know, the longer you write, the more you realize that it can come at any moment. Mm-hmm. You need to be ready for it.
2: Well, and there's one thing that's a little bit different and is that's my, f- my funny songs. Cause like,
0: yeah, my, I was actually going to ask you about that too.
2: My genre I feel like is funny folk. Mm-hmm. sometimes you know I've also got my sad songs my breakup songs my oh,
1: yeah
2: I'm in love songs but the funny ones are my favorites just it's mainly because I love hearing people laugh I love yeah. it so much and I always laugh at it so my song about you know being hungover and shitting my brains out you know shitting my brains out it's so much fun and everyone can relate to it and they're like oh and it, every time I sing that song I always get someone that comes up to me and like let me tell you about my hungover shit my brains out story mm, and I'm yeah. like oh no that's not what I mm.
0: this is uh, okay
2: we just got real close didn't we <laughs> we did
0: you shared something that you can't yeah. unshare yeah
2: like fuck but and then of course my um, fuck you mushroom song which I called don't judge me <laughs> and uh, that one I always get people's tripping stories which I kind of love that it's really funny. So I I like writing the things that most people don't, you know. A song mm. about pooping your brains out, sure. Not many people have that. So that's maybe the one thing
0: that feels a little bit. Yeah, unique. you you carve out a little section on yeah. the map for yourself with that.
2: Which is nice. And I like curse at people in my songs sometimes. I may call you a motherfucker and I'll say fuck you which I just love it, you know? It's fun.
0: Well, that and you have such a pretty voice.
2: (laughs) And so it doesn't sound like...
0: That's the selling point right there. It's like, you're not listening to a trucker say, (laughs) like, I'm shitting my brains out. Yeah, It's like a pretty girl with a a really pretty voice, like,
2: (laughs) shitting my brains out. It's the best. Oh, man. One time I played at this this Girl Scout camp, and they were like, Rachel, do you have any funny songs? And they're all like 13-year-olds. My... I do. Um, all right. I can make this work. I so said, does anybody <laughs> has anybody ever eaten mushrooms on a pizza <laughs> and you didn't like it? And everyone goes, yeah, me. And I'm like, all right. I need you to help me sing this chorus. And it's going to go like this. Because, you know, the original one is Fuck You Mushrooms. This one, I was like, kids, you ready? And they said, yeah. I have a video of it on my phone. And they go. God. We all go at the same time, gosh darn mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and it was perfect. And all the adults are like, we're paying her for this? <laughs> yeah, you are. you damn
0: right you are.
2: <laughs> it's so much fun. I love it. So, you know, I can always make it work. Or right? Poop is hilarious. And so I changed that one to poop and my brains out. Um, it's just funny. I love giggles so much. And so... I mean, my my biggest influence is Tenacious D, so of course. Nice. Yeah. Tenacious D, Bloodhound Gang, Stephen Lynch, all the funny people. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: See, there's not that many people who know about Stephen Lynch. I Um, mean,
2: same last name. God, I wish we were related. Yeah, that
0: makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that and he kind of, if I'm remembering right, he kind of looks like Ryan Reynolds.
2: A little bit, yeah.
0: Yeah. I was like, damn. Yeah. it's a good looking dude.
2: I know. I love (laughs) it. And he's just funny as shit.
0: Yeah, I remember- Me and my friends, we used Mm -hmm. to love all that stuff. It started with Weird Al and then it it progressed to Stephen Lynch. And then after that, I was like, there have got to be more people out there like this. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I know mostly after that, I only found comedians that kind of did it. Yeah. Like Dimitri Martin.
2: Oh, and that one um, guy, Bo Burnham.
0: Oh, yeah, he does it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I love all that stuff. Yeah. It's just fun.
1: And using
0: your talent to like- turn it into that. It's just, it's so, it makes it, it just gives more gravity to how funny it is.
2: Yeah, it makes it just so much better. And one of the things I do during my shows, and I, I, love, I love song swapping with people, don't get me wrong, but whenever I have a solo show, I don't have to worry about taking up too much of the mic time and I can sit mm, there and just yeah. tell my stupid stories about how I played at a bar where people were eating goldfish out of a tank with their shots, like what? It was so gross. By the way, I don't
0: like that. I bar. can't imagine I don't that. Like that, bar very that does much. not sound but, funny.
2: But uh, I you know also this one where this girl comes up to me and she goes, you know, what are you twelve years old? And because <laughs> she was stealing people's cigarettes and drinks, and I got mad at her. And you know, I just always have these weird stories from all the places that I've been, where whether it's on tour or in Oklahoma, and it just it evolves into like this weird storytelling song situation. And I love it. Yeah. I just like making people giggle.
0: Well, people love hearing stories. Because we, I mean, musicians, they see sides of people that you don't <laughs> always get to see. Oh, yeah. And you're usually relatively sober. Yeah. So you get to like remember it. Mm-hmm. It's not like, yeah. Yeah.
2: It's awesome. And sometimes real weird.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so weird out there.
2: Uh, so strange.
0: But talking about happy songs. Yeah. I find every artist I've asked about this has like, and myself included, I've had trouble with it, but I mean, I oh, yeah. and I'm not going to sit here and say I've conquered it or anything like that. But I do now try, I I pretty much use all of my artistic motivation to write fun songs, not yeah. necessarily comical because I'm not that, like, I'm not that gifted to yeah. do that or it's just not my thing, you it's know? It's a different, yeah. It's a different vein. Yeah. But writing songs that aren't about just serious subjects, more about fun and lighthearted subjects, it's such a hard thing for people to do.
2: Yeah. it And it, it really is like somebody, JJ Wood, um, he had commented on, I think it was Roy Stenitz post something you know Facebook all the musicians and Royce had posted something like date your local musician so we can get heartbreak songs (laughs) and JJ was like but it's hard and I'm commenting on there (laughs) but it's hard (laughs) and it's so hard to write or somebody said happy songs and I was like but I don't I don't want to write happy songs when I'm happy. I just want to enjoy my life. Exactly. I'm
0: too busy being happy (laughs) to write songs about it.
2: Yeah. And so it is really hard to get those songs. And that's why I try to do it like when I'm, you know, start of a relationship when you're just like so bubbly and happy. Mm -hmm. And, um, I try to get it out then, which is where honeybee came from. Um, which, you know, it's a pretty happy go lucky song. It's just like saying, I kind of like you a lot and that's it. And, You know, you're not sure where things are going to go, but you're enjoying what it is. And, um, it is, it's really hard to write happy songs. Um, that's why I like my silly songs because I don't have to worry about the, the happy thing as much. Just like, eh, you know, what's, what's the silly situation that I got myself into, but yeah, it's easier to, to write the sad ones. Well, yeah. you're just trying to get it out, yeah, but the happy stuff you want to stay in
0: <laughs> yeah whenever you're you're always giving it away whenever you do that mhm and i I don't know what it was, I don't know what switch finally flipped in me to be able to write happier or just more fun material yeah um I mean, a lot of it is you've experienced this because everybody's experienced this mm-hmm. people ask you at, usually in the beginning of people's careers, they're like. Don't you have any happy song? Why is everything, you know? Do you? What do I
1: wish? Yeah, it's like, do, aren't,
0: why are all your songs so sad? Yeah. You know, um, and we all go through that period where it's like, <sighs> fuck you, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> fuck off. I didn't
0: write this shit for you to have a good night. Yeah. You know, uh, but oh. then I, I slowly started to shift. There was an article I read online about being a performer and what it actually means. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get up there and you're singing, and you're playing your songs, yeah, you write material because you, you're, you're writing for you. But when, mm-hmm. you're perf- when you're a performer, even if you're a singer-songwriter, but you're playing your music out live, you still have an obligation to that audience, which is hard to say yeah. when you're frustrated by it. Yeah. But when you really take a look, take a step back, and it's like people do, they pay to come and enjoy themselves, yeah. and they want something that's going to give them life. Yeah, And so I tried to, I, once I started thinking about it in terms of like, I want to write music that gives people life. Yeah, I want to write songs that give them energy. And if I have to give all my energy away to do that, then that's what I need to be willing to do.
2: And that's just one of the things of being a musician. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to, yeah. it's hard. And the real trick is when you can make a, a sad song sound like a happy song.
0: Exactly, <laughs> that was the other thing. That's what I try to do. <laughs> yeah. Whenever somebody asks me like, how do you write happy songs? I'm like, well, the first step is yeah, I was like the first step is to take your sad lyrics and put them to a happy melody. Yep. And then beyond that, I mean, cause that's what everybody was doing in the eighties. Like yeah. every pop super cool song was actually a really super in depth, serious song mm-hmm. for a lot of that stuff. You like Depeche Mode good? or whatever. Yeah.
2: Oh God, I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a whole different like way of songwriting. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's just, I, I know that people, I lost, when I started trying to write happy songs, I lost my motivation oh, so yeah. quickly because I'm like, oh, I the sun's coming up, fuck this, I'm out. I'm pretty sure I wrote down that exact <laughs> yeah, same like, line
2: and it never became a full song. Yeah,
0: no, I was like, I'm out. Fuck Can't that do it. sun. <laughs> I don't give a shit.
2: What about the rain? Let's yeah, talk man. about that. <laughs> the
0: rain resonates with me.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. It's a whole different thing.
0: <laughs> fuck that
2: shit <laughs>
0: it's hard i don't ever get it man
2: Mm-mm. i'm not great at it but it is it's like a, a thing to motivate yourself to try and, and i like that part of it you know yeah. like one day one day i'll get there oh yeah Or i'll just keep writing silly shit and say fuck that
0: well yeah i mean anything that makes people happy
1: yeah
0: is really a is an avenue to uh, to go yeah i mean and I'm not saying don't write sad songs. I'm just saying, like, if you are trying to write less heavy material,
1: mm-hmm.
0: man, go whatever resonates in you. Yeah. For you, like the funny stuff, the little yeah. like I'm gonna rhyme a really serious lyric with I'm taking a shit. Yeah. At, right That's afterwards. So you know?
2: My favorite rhyme that I've ever done was um tequila with pot dealer. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. It worked out well. Like, uh, who knew I'd be a lightweight with tequila? And who knew I'd be friends with my pot dealer?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just fun. Oh, I love a good slant rhyme. Oh, yeah.
1: it's <laughs> my favorite.
0: That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so wait. We're getting a little closer to the end. We'll talk about a couple more things. I wanted to ask no. you, all right? <laughs> I know. Uh, but what is something that you would, um, I don't know, do you have any advice to give to songwriters out there that are trying to improve their own skills or maybe they're trying to explore something or just, uh, or interested in the process?
2: Yeah. Don't be too serious. Don't worry about it. You know, you don't. Not everything has to be just super intense and super um, like intellectual. Like you don't have to have just a huge word in a song to make it it sound good. Mm. Like you know, the simple things sometimes resonate more, and the silly things. You know, don't don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, I
0: get that. I used to try and inject these like impressive words I was like I'm Mm. a smart guy I'm gonna make sure everybody knows how smart I am
1: yeah
2: right and I mean I I I did that too and I found out that some of the the simpler words worked better it rhymed better it sounded better in the whole song and I was like yeah all right you know it doesn't make me any less smart it just makes it sound better with what I'm doing and that matters um and the 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 serious thing just it, it resonated with me when I was trying to make all my songs just, you know, be about really heavy things. And then, you know, I started my first silly song, which was Sundays, um, being hungover and, you know, just pooping your brains out. And <laughs> it turns out that's something that everyone can get behind and, you know, realize that that, you know, it doesn't always have to be serious. Just saying the same thing, sort of. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, no, you're good. Yeah. We all get, I don't know. Yeah. It's too easy to get wrapped around the axle. Mm -hmm. Nothing needs to be perfect. Nothing needs to be polished. Yeah. If you feel it, sing it. And
2: that's a really good point is it doesn't have to be perfect because what is in life besides like a perfect circle, which great band.
0: Mm, um. Yes. Well, so many people. I get a lot of new songwriters will show up on that to JJ's on a Sunday, and they'll. There was a guy that I met just this last Sunday, and who was super. Super nice guy. He had seen me play a set the previous Sunday, and he was he was just talking about how impressed he was with everybody, all the songwriters and stuff, and he was super nervous about his. Uh. Playing that night because he was going to do the open mic night.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and I was just like, man. Bug it. Don't yeah. be nervous. Whatever happens up there, it had to happen tonight. Uh-huh. You yeah. know, because uh, he, he went up there and he like, his guitar wasn't working right. Oh. And then his vocals were messed up. And Boy, he was have like, I been there. And he's like, I couldn't even remember the melody of my song. I was so scared and so mm-hmm. nervous. Yeah. And, and all this stuff. And I was like, man, that's the way it had to be tonight.
2: Yeah next time it won't, it'll pass. You know, like, like I said, I used to almost throw up before every single one of my sets for like a whole year. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, Oh, this is my job. You know? And if you make a mistake, don't admit it. Fuck it. People don't know what they're listening to. You know, like, Mm -hmm. especially if it's your first time playing, uh, you know, that song at that place, whatever, if you forget the melody, just play another chorus, you know, they're not going to know unless you say, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, fuck that up. yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's fine. Yeah. People don't know. And mostly people don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just here to listen. Whatever happens, happens. And just like that, you just know, like that. <laughs> Whoops.
0: I think the first thing, one of the biggest things that ever hit me was like, when you make a mistake, just smile.
2: Yeah. Smile and move on.
0: Because at first, especially when you're a younger musician or, or early in your, like playing, people will say like, like you, your, your immediate reaction when you fuck up because you're used to playing by yourself is to get mad.
2: Oh yeah. Or make
0: a face or like whatever it is. Well, when you play live, there's no stopping.
1: No, never. Recovering
0: from a mistake as a musician is what separates professionals from amateurs, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because the best people know how to cover it
1: mm-hmm. and move
0: on, and they know how to catch themselves after a mistake and keep going. Oh yeah. And just rolling with it. Rolling with mistakes is how you, I mean, Jesus, that relates. So it's like life in a mm-hmm. nutshell anyways.
1: For
2: real though. But in
0: music, that's the, that's how you do it.
2: Yeah. Turning
0: I, mistakes into something beautiful.
2: The very first time I played with my band in front of people, it was, it was our first show and it was a battle of the bands. So <laughs> it was nice. a year ago. And we were like, yeah, all right, you know, we'll do this. It, if we won, we got $500 to give to charity, which that's a, you know, a great incentive a for yeah, a show. A yeah. And we did it and <laughs> we had practiced this song, I swear, fucking 40 times. And in my head, I it was my first time playing with a band in front of people and I am so used to solo. And if you fuck up, you know, you eh. just ignore it and move on. But with a the band, there are three other people around me that I was going to mess up as well. And I just felt so bad, but they all recovered so quickly. They were just like, you know, we're here. Now we're here. That's fine. I skipped a whole verse. I was oh, so
1: yeah.
2: And um, yeah, they, but they all recovered so well. And it was just like, it didn't even happen. Nobody knew because none of us got mad. We didn't say sorry. We just moved on. And it was awesome because of that. And so that's just, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it's beautiful. Just, uh, it's a really cool thing to yeah. happen. And it just, it's what you got to do. You just got to move is. on. Shit happens. Mm. Yeah. It does. Boy, does it. That's half of what my life is. Hey, now I'm a musician. What up? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah.
0: God damn it. We always, I always thought there'd be some great big purpose. And I was like, yeah, you just pick a path. Yeah. Just keep picking stuff.
2: Right. It's crazy. That's
0: all there really is to it.
2: Which is so funny because when I was five years old, maybe six, but... You know, I was listening to music. I was like, "That's what I want to be. I want to be a rock star when I grow up." And yeah,
0: I wanted it to be Green Day.
2: Oh God, I loved them. Mine was Britney Spears. <laughs> oh yeah. It's Britney, Butch.
0: yeah, <laughs> I was in love with Britney Spears, man. Man, who wasn't? She yeah. was a
2: badass. She was. Which is funny when I came in, you were like, "I went full Britney." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. It's so good.
0: We would have been, I think we're, I still think we're soulmates secretly. Like I believe it. That's probably it.
2: Fuck whoever she's married to now. Go get her. Right. <laughs> Go get her boy.
0: <laughs> I got this. So let's talk about oh, Hard the, to Breathe a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, This Hard to Breathe is a song that you guys will be listening to at the end of this episode. So let's talk about it a little bit.
2: <sighs> um. Well, it started for when I was journaling and I, um, uh, I'm just so forgetful all the time. And so that's one of the reasons why I was so scared that I was gonna, you know, that eventually I might end up like my grandma Mm -hmm. and um, with dementia. And uh, so the first line is slowly but surely I'm losing my mind. And it just went from there. So I wrote it down in my journal and then in my uh, writing notebook and it just evolved and it just became this big song. And it was, I mean, it was seasonal depression. I hadn't gone out. I hadn't seen any of my friends for a while besides playing my shows. That was it. And, you know, I had a couple friends that were like, hey, you doing all right? (laughs) And I'd be like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just sitting in the house playing my video game for days on end. It's fine. And it was just that seasonal depression. And whenever I wrote this song, I had finally snapped out of it and I'd finally gotten out, gone to hang out with some people, you know, even just getting out of the house for like an hour helped. And oh yeah.
0: It's so hard to fight yourself.
2: Yeah. And the chorus is like, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> the chorus is, oh, it's time to breathe. I can't see what's in front of me. Um, it's hard when you're not seeing it. Oh yeah. But basically, you know, eyes glaring ahead at, you just, you can't do anything. Um, when you're in that stuck in that seasonal depression, and you know I say seasonal, but depression, it happens to everyone at some point. Doesn't matter if it's the winter season or not. And you just have to snap out of it. It's hard. But once you realize that it's happening, it's a lot easier to, you know, move forward from it. Yeah. Because I didn't realize and then I was like, oh, it's been like two months since I actually went out and hung out with some friends. Yeah. And so yeah, it's just about that anxiety trying to figure out what to do and get the fuck out of there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Learning with depression, man, I feel like it's a uh, probably 90% of the battle with depression is recognizing it. Yeah. as it's coming and then taking the steps
1: mm-hmm.
0: to get to either get to avoid it completely or to like to get out of it. Yeah. Cuz that's that's always been my battle. It's like I, since I quit doing, I don't know, drugs and alcohol and all that stuff, uh, I, that's when I, I was stuck with me 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. I had to learn to deal with who I was and learn to deal with the things that make me, me. Depression is a huge, huge, huge problem or was a huge problem in my life, which, and it, like you said, it affects everybody Yeah. at some point or another.
2: Whether it's major or minor, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a thing like, uh, I had a really shitty job when I was going through college and I was on depression meds for four months. Um, and then I got out of the job and I was like,
1: I don't <laughs> I don't, I don't like need, I need it these. anymore.
2: Yeah. And so I just, I stopped taking it and I was fine. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, the seasonal depression came out and I was like, oh, I remember this. Okay. All right. So you notice it and then you do something about it.
0: Yeah. See, I hated, uh, I was on, I've been on depression meds as well. Yeah. And I actually found, I think it worked for the first month
1: mm-hmm. or so. Yeah.
0: And then I, and then everything just went blah. Yeah. Everything went numb. Yeah. Mentally. You have to be careful. Yeah. Every, I didn't, I was fine. It was weird. I, I felt like I was in a place where I was just content all the time. Yeah. And so like,
2: no ups or downs. Yeah, no
0: ups or yeah. downs. And I was like, I don't really feel the need. I think I quit writing at that time mm-hmm. because I was like, I don't feel a need to write. I
2: didn't write during that at all. My
0: pain and my depression were catalysts for my writing. Yeah. So much so that I didn't realize. Yeah.
2: you just how not...
0: much I needed my depression, how much I needed my emotions. Yeah. Even though a lot of them were negative, I I still needed that because that's who I am as an artist. Yeah. And now. I don't, I've found myself as an artist in my happier self mm-hmm. and that's come through my work as well. And so it can change over time, but like you still need your emotions. And for people that are on medications, sometimes that is exactly what you need. And yeah. if it does fix what's going on with you, great.
2: If it helps you, yeah. that's fucking awesome. Do what you need to do to be you. But if it doesn't and it just yeah. makes you numb, then you know there's, there's always something else. There's another answer. Mm-hmm. whether it's, um, going out, working out, you know, like that was a big thing for me that helped, um, just making sure that I would do something to release all that pent up energy Oh yeah, like that's huge. The fucking endorphins flowing.
0: Yeah. Well, cause you like, what is it? Lactic acid buildup in mm-hmm. your muscles. I feel like it, it's literally trapping in poison or something. Yeah. If you don't like get out and walk, get out and hike or go do something that makes you somewhat physical, like, yeah your body won't expel the, all of the waste. And so you're sitting yeah. with literally waste inside of you. That's just sitting on you.
2: Excuse me. Yeah. You're so right. It's hard. It, it's really hard when you just don't notice.
0: Mm-hmm. And it just happens over time. Mm-hmm. And, but that's what recognizing those patterns in yourself Yeah. when it's coming. Cause that, I'll feel, I'll see the depression coming before I ever feel it.
2: Yeah. And then it's, it's okay. It's okay to feel those things. Just make sure you don't go too deep, you know?
0: Yeah. Make sure. You don't. There There is a point where it's kind of like, Oh, it's too late now. I'm here. Yeah. I have to find my way out, but I have to fight that same old battle that I've fought forever. Yeah.
2: It's hard, but it gets better. And the more that you deal with those things, the more that you learn how to snap out of them, how to move yourself. Cause everyone's different. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always going to be something that's different that you do that somebody else doesn't. Um, once you learn, it's just, it makes it so much easier. And, you know, you, once you know yourself and your own patterns helps so much. Yeah. And that's just part of getting older, which I'm yeah. not, I'm not even that old, but I feel it,
1: <laughs> I feel uh, it yeah. hard.
0: Yeah. It gets, it just gets <laughs> worse and worse. Mm. Well, I mean, not the depression, <laughs> feeling older, but I mean, I, yeah. I will say like I've had a uh, surgery on my neck and I've had injections in my spine. Oof. Uh in my early 20s and I'm 32 and I am in better shape now. Yeah. than I ever was then. Yeah.
1: Ahead, and I was care of and I
0: was way more physically active and intense. Yeah. when I was that age. It's and crazy. but it now that I part of my reason for leaving my job was so I could take care of myself, take care of my health. Yeah. And for me like going like I yeah I'm been I feel better than I ever have because I left that job and I do something that I love doing, yeah. and then I also have the ability to be like you know what I need to lay down or yeah. I need to ice myself mm-hmm. or I need to do this or that. Give can, me
2: that icy hot. Yeah, <laughs> I can do
0: that now whenever I need to. Yeah. And it's it's I'm so much more healthy because of it.
2: Taking care of yourself is important and not relying too much on substances or
0: or yeah like having to even, go to the doctor when you know what you should do. Yeah. But you have to go to the doctor because you need this. Yeah, like uh,
2: or even you know alcohol, weed, oh, yeah, tobacco, yeah. whatever. It's it's really important that you you rely on yourself, that you know yeah. what you need. Uh, which I mean, that's a whole different topic. That is a huge, <laughs> yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. Using
0: substances as a crutch instead of it using it for fun.
2: Yeah, exactly. To,
0: they're totally different things. Yeah, and but, it's a.
2: That's a big thing in the musician community too.
0: Oh yeah. And most of us fight it mm-hmm. at some point or another. Oh yeah. Which is how I know that that's what I am. I'm yeah. an I'm an artist. Yeah,
1: so. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like we're I, I don't meet many people that are that different from who, yeah. you know, the type of people we are. Yep. Uh, it's
2: a it's a beautiful community. And I really love the Oklahoma musician community. Mm-hmm. Everyone's so accepting and so like I mean Ben, Raina, all of them.
0: I feel like there's a lot of togetherness here. Mm -hmm. The community is, it's not some kind of cutthroat thing. Um,
2: Like, fuck you, I'd hope you don't succeed. No, everyone's trying to help each
0: other. Yeah, we're all poor together.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's all the same. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I I really do feel like there is a, there's a community out of this, and a really positive one at that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why people, I feel like that's why the Oklahoma musicians kind of stay around Yeah, is because we do support each other and also, it's take care of each other.
2: it's real cheap to live here.
0: It is real cheap <laughs> to live here. That helps a lot.
2: It really does. Oh God. But it's amazing. Yeah. It, to everyone listening, go catch a show, support your local musician. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All
0: of them. Date one, break their heart.
2: Yeah. <laughs> or just fall in love and live together happily forever. You know, whatever you want.
0: <laughs> yeah. If that works... If <laughs> you, you'd rather do that than do this,
2: <laughs> you do you, boo boo. <laughs> right.
0: Um, so how do people find Rachel?
2: Well, you see, I'm all over the social media. That's my part of the band. I you. take care of the Facebook, all of our Facebooks. I mean, like the the band one, and then my personal. Post everything on there. Instagram. I tried to do Twitter. I'm not very good at it. It's real hard so
0: Mm. you You probably have to be pretty consistent with twitter i would imagine yeah i'm
2: not good at that consistency i always forget that it's an app on my phone i'm like oh yeah i should probably post something on there Mm. but no instagram facebook um our new website is releasing in a couple days i don't know when this will be released but it'll probably be released by then
0: we'll have this episode released by tuesday what's today Today is Tuesday.
2: Oh yeah, perfect. So yeah. it'll totally be released by then. So awesome. yeah. Um, and then, you know, just come catch a show. I'm all over the map. So
0: awesome.
2: easy to find me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So they'll find you either as Rachel Lynch or Rachel Lynch and the day drinkers. Mm-hmm.
2: Which whole bunch of alcohol to come up with that name. It was so hard. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Man, I don't know what to call us. Yeah. It's the middle of the day and we're hammered.
2: <laughs> yeah. We were going to be Rachel Lynch and the disappointments, but our parents were all <laughs> sad. <laughs>
0: Come on, don't act like you're not disappointed in us.
2: (laughs) Maybe even if it's just at the name, (laughs) but yeah, the day drinkers, it worked out well and uh, it's so much fun. They're a fucking blast. So solo shows, band shows, I've got an an Alzheimer's show, like a a benefit that I'm playing at Frankie's in OKC and that's going to be so much fun. When is that? That is a great question. Oh, no. Let's look at this calendar. It says uh, <laughs> September 28th. So that's a Saturday. And I'll just be playing the one that I wrote for my grandma, uh, just called Lucille. It's named after her. And then I'll be playing, you know, probably a funny song or two. So. Oh, good. Yeah, of course. Bring them down, bring them up. It's just an emotional roller coaster.
0: <laughs> it's got to be. Yeah. I'm going to want you to leave exhausted.
2: Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be great. And then, the, um, yeah, so I'm really excited about that show. I love playing benefits. I'm playing for a uh, an adoption benefit for Misfit Mutts, <laughs> which is going to be awesome. That's love that. That's at the Speakeasy on October 12th. So I've got all sorts of benefits, all sorts of shows, but you can catch them all on Facebook or Instagram.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, Rachel, thank you for coming in and doing this today. It was a joy to have you.
2: Thank you. This has been fun.
0: It's a lot Plus, of fun.
2: I love talking, so. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <sighs> when you're at a party, nobody ever talks. Like, there's never another person to talk music with.
2: Right. Always.
0: So it's, it's like, nice.
2: Let's talk about the fucking weather. Yeah, all right. Well, did you catch that
0: game last night? Nope. Don't watch not. sports. <laughs> I was playing a show.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the worst part about being a musician is that you're always playing shows while you're plen- your friends are playing shows. So you never get to mm-hmm. catch each other. But I mean, also, you're playing shows. So that part's fun. Yeah, that part's good. <laughs>
0: I'm sharing my energy with the world.
1: Yeah, I love That's it. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank right. you so much.
0: Hey, thank you. Yeah. You guys listen to Hard to Breathe after this. And thank you for listening today. And we will catch you next time. Bye! It's time to breathe
1: I can't see what's in front of me Eyes glassed over